So uh, the world is a complicated place, a dark and complicated place. Would you agree? And what's going to happen in the future? I don't know. Do you know? You don't know. Uh, we know the end, but we don't know the days in between, right? And uh, so there's a bit of a struggle. And have you seen any ugly things in the past uh, in your life? Like things that you wish you wouldn't have seen and done and been a part of? And then then you go, well, if I've seen that, and then in the future stuff might happen in a dark world. and It's complicated, too. Sometimes... Uh, you know, it seems like when you're a kid that it looked like it was going to be a lot easier when you're a lot easier and it isn't easy. Uh, it isn't easy to be an adult and it isn't easy to walk with the Lord and it's a difficult world we live in. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is how do we, how do we as God's people um, make it in this world and, and what is the way we make it? I want to pray for us, and then we'll dive into his word. God, thank you uh, for your, your faithfulness to us and your kindness to us, your, your abundance. And uh, Lord, as we look to your word today, I pray that you would give us clarity on where our hope comes from. Uh, God, I, I pray for each one here, Lord, that they would be willing to, to look at their life, both present and past, and acknowledge uh, just their need for you. Uh, their need for you today and this these days forward. And so, God, do your work that only you can do. Um, help us to have a sen- sense of desperate need for you. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, some of you have been around for a while, and that wasn't just calling you old. Uh, but if the shoe fits, wear it. But uh, as you came in this morning, you got a little, I don't even know what we call it, a bulletin sheet uh, strip, and it said on there, Psalm 119, and you go, oh, no, because you know that that's the longest chapter in the Bible, and this is not a mini-series, this is today, this is today, we're, we're accomplishing it all today, Okay. I'm going to talk about every single solitary word. In the, no, I'm not. <laughs> Try to be an expositor. Uh, um, so we're going to go through Psalm 119. So some of you know it's the longest book of the Bible. It is, uh, it's got sections, and those sections are all uh, connected to a Hebrew letter of the alphabet in order, like the ABCs. Uh, that, that's what this would be. And there are eight uh, verses to each section, and they correspond to uh, a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, some have suggested, well, it is part of poetry. Uh, they would do this, but also that um, helpful for memorization. And each one of these letters starts off each one of these verses, and then it moves to the next letter. Um, no one really knows who wrote uh, Psalm 119. Some have suggested uh, Daniel of the Old Testament, others Ezra, and others somehow connected to Ezra. Some have suggested even David, but that doesn't. That seems kind of far fetched. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. But I would like to think. I would like to think it could be wrong. I'd like to think it's Daniel. I'd like to think it's Daniel. And the reason I'd like to think is Daniel is because if you remember Daniel, he went to live as a young man in Babylon. And he had to try to walk with the Lord in a difficult place. And even as you look 
at these verses, you'll see that it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for this man to walk with the Lord. As we read through this, I I just want to tell you that there are eight words in the Hebrew that connect with uh, their different ways of describing the word of God. Um, They'll be translated a little bit different, but you will see them. And and this morning, we're not going to look at the nuances of each of those words, but just know that all these different words point to God speaking uh, to his people through his word. The words, I'll just briefly run through them. The first one is word itself. Second one's testimonies. Uh, The third one is precepts, or the the idea of precepts is orders or charges to his people. Um, And and then you see statutes, uh, the idea of laws written down for his people, um, commandments, judgments, and promises. And, And as you see these words, just know, just know that he's saying the word of God, the word of God, the Bible, the scripture that we have, God speaking to us in this. That's what it's talking about. Um, As we look at this, I I want you to get some, and this is part of the difficulty of this for me. Some of us are math people, or maybe you're an English person, and uh, why? I know, anyways, but uh, uh, if you you do, you get really technical on things, either math or English, grammar and stuff like that. And what I want to tell you is this. That in this psalm, it is all about the Word of God, the Word of God. And in so thinking about the Word of God, sometimes we can think, oh, it's math. It's kind of like this. This word means this, and it means this, and it means this. And, but but I, I want you to, there, there's definitely that in there, but know this. What you're going to hear and see is a desperate passion from a man who needs to hear from God. Desperate passion. It's not just that he, he's wanting the right answer. He obviously does. And I think some of us are drawn to the Bible and we go, oh, it's kind of like that magic book that I can get all the right answers. And I can seem smart because I have the answers. And, and, and a lot of times when you have the answers, especially if you have siblings, you, you, you kind of pride yourself that you have the right answer. I know more than you do. And maybe you, you look at your life and you say, uh, because I know the word of God, I know more than you do. And, and what I, when I read this, I don't get any sense of a self-righteous man, but a, a thirsty, desperate man who needs to know and hear from God. And I want to even say this a little bit past that. It's not just about the words that he wants God he wants God himself. He, he wants to hear from him, but it's not just his words that he wants. He wants God. And, and so don't you know, separate that God is behind these words. And when he wants to hear uh, the word of God, he wants to hear from God. He wants to know God. He has a desperate passion from not, for not just the word of God, but the God of the word. And I want to say this too. It's very important for me to say this. That that's a contrast. This passage is a contrast to me many times. Many times. That I, uh, 
I find myself self-sufficient or casual or distracted. Uh, I, I don't sense this urgency of I got to know from, I got to hear from God today. I, I got to know what he wants me. I, I need to have him walk with me that I might know. And so this morning, maybe uh, as I confess to you that this passage, there's a contrast between me and the writer here. Maybe you'll see that in your own heart as well. And maybe this will be encouragement to you to, that God, what you would desire for God to adjust your passions and the things that you love. As we look at this this morning, um, we're going to go through the whole chapter. I'm going to read the whole chapter. But as I go, I'm going to make comments, not of every verse, but of, uh, I have nine, nine portions, nine points this morning. I'll go fast. Not the greatest reader, but I'll get there. I can read this. I, I think so. Um, and so here we are. We start in verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2. God's word says this. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. I'll just stop there and say this. Last week, if you are here last week, remember I talked about uh, the blessed life. You know, if you were here uh, two, three weeks ago as we met as a college group, I talked about that word blessed and, and the idea of that life, the life of someone uh, is the life that's good life or the content life or the life where there's a fullness to it. Some translations use this word and they translate it happy, happy. It's not just happy like you know, joke, watching a comedy club or something like that. But it's this idea of a fullness of life, the good life. Um, One student suggested that this is the life to be envied. If you see this life and you see it in your own life or you see it in somebody else's, it's like, that's the kind of life that I want. That's the kind of life that I need. And he starts out this psalm and he says, he uses that word and he says, Blessed. And what is it to have this life to be envied? Well, first thing is it's in the law of the Lord. It's in the law of the Lord. Um, And the next verse, he's the one that's the keeper, the one who keeps his testimonies. The word of God, again, it keeps it. That's the key to this kind of enviable life. Now, For those of you who have been familiar with the church, and when I say familiar with the church, you've been here a long time. I'm not talking about Bear Valley Church. You've been in church for a long time. You've been around God's people for a long time. You've been around the Word of God for a long time. And and maybe you grew up in a family where there were a few rules that were reflected in the Scriptures. And so, like, there were some boundaries and things that you did and didn't didn't do. And so you kept those. You were a compliant child or tried to be, at least in front of people. And, and, and there was this sense of like you had these rules that kind of hemmed you in. But it wasn't that you didn't see what was going on out there. And you, and you thought to yourself sometimes, I'm doing what these rules that my parents say are somehow reflected in the scriptures, and this is the life that we're supposed to live. You know, I don't really like it, but but as I look out, I go, man, that looks good, what's out there. 
And the first two verses of this chapter says this. The blessed life, the life that is good for me, the life that is to be envied for me is not outside there. It's found in here. It's found in here. And, and, and I want you to get this. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you believe that all the time. It means that that's true. It's true. It means that it's true. And, and this idea is, and, and I'm not looking for any testimonies. I could probably come up with a few even here this morning. How many times we have said, oh, I got my own idea. I got my own idea. Like God's word says this, but, but I, I got a different idea. I'm going to go try it. I'm going to go try it. It's interesting. Um, you, you know, you look at people that life falls apart and, and, and you say, well, someone asks them, why'd you do that? I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Well, well whose idea was this? It was mine. It was mine. You, you made a disaster. I, I did. I did. It was my idea. It was my idea. And, and I want to start at the outset with saying this. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. Who, who are the blessed ones? Who walk in the law of the Lord and who's, who are keepers of his testimony. And I just want to tell you at the outset. The mess that we make of our lives comes from us not listening to our creator and so he puts at the outset he says this is the good life for all it's the one that follows after the word it is not something outside there it's something inside of his word because it reveals who he is let's go on to verse four you have commanded your precepts i'm just going to keep reading and then i'll stop as you know i could stop at every verse but i'm not going to we're not you know we're not doing a church service marathon or anything like that. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn of your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me stop there. Verse 9 says what? What was the question? How can a young man? How can a young man? And and you might be a young man here today. And this might be your question. This might be your question. You might say, Do you know what kind of world we live in? It's a mess. It's filled with pornography and attacks on young men over and over and over again. And and I want to be a a good young man, but I can't find partners. I can't find people, other brothers to be around me. And and I look at the the young ladies around me, and they're not helpful either. And and I think, and, and I come up with this question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And you might have even looked for an answer. And you, you said, is there a hack for this? Is, it, is there an app that will help me be pure? Is there, you know, some kind of trick or schedule that would help me be pure? How can I be right with God? How can I go to bed and not feel guilty? How can I do this? 
I think the answer is this. He can't be. <laughs> a young man can't be pure. And, and, and I would say this. Young women can't be pure either. I think he picked on young men is what it amounted to. He took, you know, the low-lying fruit, right? How can a young man, well, how can a young woman, same problem, right? They live in the same world. They're lacking the, the, uh, the disciplined and the, they're being pushed and prodded from every side. And, and so this idea of youthfulness, it's hard to keep your way pure. But I want to tell you this, it's hard for an old man too, an old woman. How can anyone keep their way pure? And, and as you read this and as you feel it in your own heart, you realize that you're, you're left without resources, right? There's tools that are needed that you don't have. The reality is there's only one tool. And it's found in verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. What is the answer? What is the answer for a young man? Well, it's the same answer for the old man who's doing well and the old woman and the young woman. It's that you have the answers found in his word and you use it, not in a sense of like just having right answers, but it's the guard of your heart. It's the thing that will will keep you. If you skip down to verse 11, you say, it says this, and many of you have heard this before, I've stored up your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. And, and this is the problem with a young man. This is the problem with everybody. We live in a dark world. There's stuff out there that's pressing in, and, and the enemy's using it to tempt us, and there's darkness out there. But this is the second problem, and maybe it's more important to the problem of the first problem, Right? There's darkness in here. And so I'm prone to that. I'm tempted by that. I'm drawn to that. There's darkness out there, but there's darkness in here. The only way uh, to change what's gone on in here is this in verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I, I want to say this. that, And some of you have quickly gone into your mind. You go, oh, scripture memorization. Oh, you know, I, I need to go to a college course on, you know, New Testament survey or, or, or this and that. And, and I want to say this. Yeah, but that's not all. So, so he said, I've stored up your word in my heart. He's, he, he wasn't saying I got a really high score on the test. I, I really, had, I, I'm good at memorization, and so I memorized, I can, I can recite. He, he said, not on the outside. This isn't exterior stuff. This is in the heart of my being. The, the word heart, many times used in the Old Testament, is this idea of mission control, right? The, the core of our being, not something on the exterior, outside, or can be flicked off, but it is in the center of who I am. It's not just getting a trick that I would keep, not keep sinning. It is at the core of who I am that it would be changed, that I would not sin against my God. And so when you, you look at the Word of God, when you come to church here, when you read your Bible, don't look for verses that will be tricks or hacks or 
things like that, but look for things that you can love, things that would change the core of your being, that God would use to reformulate a heart that's prone to wander. The pure young man, the pure young man is the man who uh, knows the word of God, but not just knows it, loves it. It's his heart. We move on. Verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as much as in all riches. I, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I'm a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at at all times. uh, You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit and plot against me, Your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of your your ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away to sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways uh, far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I I set your rules before me. I I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Let me stop there. If you look at verses 36 and 37, what is he talking about? Incline my heart, incline my heart. You know, turn that, that, that person within me incline my heart, uh, not the way it was, but to your testimonies, to your word, what you have said. In verse 37, he says, turn my eyes, uh, turn them as well. You, you Incline my heart and turn my eyes. The picture here is this, and some of you moms do this to your kids, especially your little ones. If, if they're like 20 and you're doing this, it's probably a bit much, mom. Need the time to adjust, okay? But you look at your little ones and they're wandering away and you grab their chin or you grab their ears and you pull them here and you look at mom. Read my lips. Focus, right? That would be awkward if your kid was 20 and you did this still, okay? But the psalmist isn't saying, uh, God, you do this to me. He's asking for it. He's asking for it. And, and what is he, you know, 
What about my heart? What about my eyes? If, if you look at it, uh, he's saying there's something specific that my heart is prone to. There's something specific that my eyes draw to. What is it? Verse 36, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Not to selfish gain. How do you make decisions? I do what I want, right? How did you decide this over that? I just wanted that one. And that was the only question I asked. I thought it would be good for me. I saw it. I wanted it. I got it. I, I want to tell you that, you know, you can make decisions like that. We all have. We all have. But if that's your desire, if, that's, if you just make decisions based on what you want, if that's your only criteria, your life is filled with selfish gain. It's filled with it. And, and what the psalmist was doing was he, he, he saw that. He knew selfish gain was what he had done. And he said, incline my heart. Can you change my heart to do something different? I, I need a change of heart. This new life is different, and I need your work in, in my life that I would love something different. He says, turn my eyes from looking at what? Worthless things. Worthless things. We see it all the time, right? There's an image. There's an image. It might be a car. It might be a house. It might be something worse, a pornographic image. It might be something, and, and, and our eyes are drawn to it. And maybe it's even been a, a habitual thing, that this is what our life has been about. And, and you can say, well, what, what have you pursued? What have you looked at? And you'd say, worthless things, <laughs> worthless things. I wish I, but I still feel that tug to that. I, I still feel like the wasting of my life is what, and, and so the psalmist cries out, and what does he say? Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and give my life, and, and, and give me life in your ways, okay? So it's no longer the selfish gain. It's no longer the, the life of worthless things. It's now found as he's described in his word. That's a good prayer for us, isn't it? God, could you do this? And can you take this heart and like, can you crank it a different direction? Can, can you take my head and take my eyes and help me focus? Not on the worthless things I've been stuck on for so long, but help me to find my life in your ways. Number three. Oh, that was number three. Okay, we move on to verse 38. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. And in your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before king, and shall not be put to shame, for I 
I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant in which uh, you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. Mark that word affliction. We'll come back to it. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and and keep your law. The blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When When I think of my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast Love, teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You're good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, uh, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might not, uh, that I might learn your statutes. Let me stop there. Verse sixty-seven. You move back up a few verses. Now, when you think about your life, a lot of times you think about what it is to be uh, one of God's people, and you think, uh, "My life was a mess before. I come to know." Uh, God, I have a relationship with my creator, and he's in charge of everything, so he's just going to bring all good, nice things to my life. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? That sounds logical to me, right? If God loves me, he'll just take care of everything and give me an easy life. And yet the psalmist said, and I think some some of you older, you've already found this out, right? You've experienced this, right? In verse 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. The pains of life did something to you. The the difficulties of life, the pain that's come into your life, it, it was meant, and God used it to do what? To stop your wandering. To stop your wandering. That, that God wanted you to know it's good for you to be close to him. I remember my dad saying this, and uh, he, he'd see someone that went through a difficult time in life, and, and they run, they, they run to God's people, they run to the word, and then, and then they walk away, they walk back. And, and he would say, oh, I guess for them, life got too good. Life got too good. And the the psalmist, as he approaches this, he says, the difficult things of life for me 
have been good for me. Why? Because before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Keep close to you, right? Um, I, I, I want to tell you, it's not that, it's very careful for, I, I want you to see this. Um, when things are good, it's easy for us to think we got it. We got it. I got money, even as Micah shared from Psalm, I got money, I got food, I got gas in the tank, my car's running fine, this and that. I, I got it, I got it. And, and you would never say this. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, but probably you wouldn't say this. I don't need you, God. I don't need to be close to you. There's no desperation in that, right? When things are good, there's no desperation. But the psalmist writes, before I was afflicted, before I had the pain in my life, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Verse 71. He doesn't just say that, you know, before and after. He says this. It was good for me that I was afflicted. The pain was good. And, and don't get confused. Don't get weird either. Okay? Don't get confused and weird. I'm so glad I had surgery. It was fun. It was fun. I loved it when my car broke down. I had to pay a bunch of money. It's so fun. Like, I loved it. That's not what he's saying. He's saying through the difficulty of life, through the pain and heartache of life, the things that are difficult in my life, God used that. He used the ugly to teach me lessons I couldn't learn. As you look at this, it's it's important for us to say it's good for me that I was afflicted. Why? That I might learn your statutes. That I might... That I might know the truth, that God would teach me the truth through the difficulties of my life. In verse 72, verse 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than uh, thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made me, if it was written today, it would say like Bitcoin too and stuff like that, okay? Um. Just trying to be funny. Anyways, uh, verse 73. Your hands have made me, uh, have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall, shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in, your faith, in faithfulness you have afflicted me. There it is again, right? Let your steadfast love comfort me according to the promise of to your servant, let your mercy come to me that I may, may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because you have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may be, not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask when, you, when, when will you comfort me? For, for I've become like wineskin in the smoke, yet, yet I've not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? 
When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug a pit, pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me and with falsehood help me. They have almost made an end of, of me on, on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Verse 90, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Interesting to me in verse 90 there. Verse 90. Um, as you look at that verse, most of the other verses, there's a couple in there, but this one stands out to me as where is God's word in verse 90? Uh, it isn't. It isn't. It's not his word. And I want, I want you to see that. I want you to see that, that, that really Psalm 119 is all about the word, but it's really not all about the word. It's about the God of the word. In verse 90, it says this, your faithfulness, God's faithfulness. And, and as you think about your life right now, especially those of you who are older, can you, can you remember that time? Can you remember that time? Maybe, you know, as a child, you say, oh, I remember God blessed me and did something special in my life right there. Or maybe it was in those young adult years and you go, you know, I was doing all kinds of crazy things and God was kind and merciful to me. He showed his faithfulness to me. Or maybe it was some other time, you, you, you didn't have any money, or maybe it was a health concern, maybe it was with your kids, and, and, and you, you can chart throughout your life, God's faithfulness there, God's faithfulness there, God's faithfulness there. With a lot of things, when you have a lot of good things in a row, you come to the end and you go, oh, I bet you I ran out. I bet you I ran out of goodness. I, I wonder if God's ran out for me. But the point of verse 90 is this. Speaking of God, his faithfulness, it endures. It's an enduring faithfulness. It doesn't quit. It doesn't quit. One of the things I love about Bear Valley Church is um, the old people, you know who you are, and the little ones, all in the same church. I love it. I love it. I know there's at least one family here. I talked to some of them earlier. There's four generations here today. Four. Um, so, so when you get older, some of you know about this. Some of you know about it better than me. Um, you start going, well, I, I've, you know, I've accomplished some things. I've, I've done the battle thing already. You know, I've, I've, you know, started my career, finished my career, or maybe I've had kids, raised kids. And so some of, it, some of it's just quieting down, just quieting down. And you say to yourself, you know, what do you use that, all that extra time for? You start worrying about the generations under you, right? You start going, oh, my kid's away at school. Um, you know, my, my grandson, you know. Uh, they're really cute and everything, but I could see where they could turn out to be a demon, you know. Uh, 
I could see that. I could see that. I could really see that. And, and you start worrying and thinking through, and, and, and you, you go, I, I know where I'm at, but what about where they're at and where they're at? And so this is the beauty of what we're talking about in the answers of God, the word of God, the, the relationship with God. He's pointing out that God does not change. His faithfulness doesn't change. And it's good, and it's the right answer for every generation. Every generation. When you get older, you start going, yeah, back when I was young, we didn't have all this, you know, newfangled stuff. And, you you know, you start, you, you know you're old. This is when you really have given up, and I've gotten there. Where you go to complete strangers at a uh, business or something like that, and they say, "Well, you can get it on your phone," and you go, "You just hand it to them. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Okay, just do it. I, I do it all the time. I do it with my kids. Do it. If somebody says, go ahead. You, you do it. Just do it. Okay. And if if I'm by myself, I go like, <laughs> you know, I just want to throw it right. Um, but, but this is what I want you to get. This is so important. When you see that word generations, you know this, that the God who is faithful to you in that day when you were a kid or a young adult or whatever, that, that his faithfulness endures. It goes on, and it goes on past your life. It goes on past your life. And so you know the same answer for you will be the same answer if they would follow your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and those other ones that you'll never meet. The same answer. Now, I want to tell you this, for those of you who are younger here today. It, it doesn't really matter about your heritage that much, about your mom and dad, your grandparents. It matters what you grasp and hold on to for yourself, Right? It's the same right answer. It's the same right answer. But, but you have to grab hold of it yourself. Each generation has to grab and hold the, the relationship with God, the, the one who is the author and perfecter of faith, the one who is the creator of all creation. In verse 90, it, it goes on and it says, you have established the earth and it stands fast. Why? Because God did it, the same God that we would hold to. The same God we would listen to. The same God that's the answer for every generation. He's the one. And so we have the same message from our creator, sustainer for every generation. Verse 91. By your appointment they stand uh, this day and for all things, uh, for all things are your servants. In, in your law... If your, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. There it is again. I will never forget your precepts, for by them uh, you have given me life. I am yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I've seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandments is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I, I, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Now, verse 97 says, 
The psalmist loved it. And I want to tell you that this is kind of a key in all this. It's not just knowing it. It's not just I can recall it. It's not just being able to recite it. It's do you love it? Do you love it? Someone says, I love it. Now, some have suggested one of the questions about who wrote this, who wrote this, is is he an old man or is he a young man? And uh, I, I tend to think because of this that he's middle-aged or at the, just at the end of youthfulness. Like he can look back on it, but it's kind of getting crossing over. Why? Because he says, I've loved your word. And, and what, what has happened is loving your word has made the difference a difference that you can't make. He starts off in saying in, in verse 98, he says, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. What if your enemies are smarter than you? You lose. You lose. In fact, that's what you do. If you play chess, uh, I don't play chess. I don't. I don't. It's a waste of time, which means I'm not that good. Uh, um, it's actually a short time. That's what it is. But uh, you're always trying to figure out what your opponent's doing. And if they're smarter than you, it's zip, 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 checkmate, right? And, and there's this strategy, and, and, and more importantly, in the, uh, you know, the, 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 this real enemy that's desiring for your life, and you go, oh, no, what if they're smarter than me? He says, they're not. In fact, um, because I loved your word, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Verse 99, uh, tell me about your teachers. Why do you go to school? Some of you are wondering that right now, right? You're like, why do I go to school? The reason you go to school is because you want to learn something that you don't know. And the teacher knows what you don't know, and so they're going to like give it to you quickly and you know, save you a lot of work that you, they would impart that, was, that teaching to you. The teacher knows stuff the student doesn't. The psalmist says this, because of the word of God, I have more understanding than all all my teachers. Verse 100. When you think of being young, one of the difficulties of being young is you haven't had experience. If you find a good old person, they will do this if you're young and they'll go, oh, right here, right here, you know. I was on my motorcycle and I wasn't paying attention and I got 10 stitches right here. And they're dragging their leg along like this. And they say, well, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, that right there. That's because there was this other time I was doing, the, I jumped off this thing and I landed wrong and it wrecked my leg. And I said, great. And he says, why don't you sit down? And they go, And you say, why is it taking you so long? You say, oh, when I was a kid, I played catcher a lot too much in high school. And like, you know, my knees don't work anymore, you know. And, and, and they can give you wisdom. And they say, oh, just, you know, you, if you know older people, they go, oh, be careful. And why are they saying be careful? Because they have 
like data, right? They know stuff. Not because they studied, not because of the teachers. They didn't read any book. They lived it. It was a bad deal, and they're trying to, and you say, well, how can I get that without that? He says, I'll tell you how. Uh, he says in verse 100, I understand more than the ages, aged, for I keep your precepts. And this is what I'm telling you is this. From the word of God, if you listen to the word of God, it will give you things that you haven't experienced yet. It will be unfair almost. It's like cheating, right? Because you know the one who made life. You know the one who made you. That He's giving you the answers that that you so, so need. The difference. He's a difference maker. And the difference is loving his law. So we look down at 101. And we're just going to read a little bit more. 101 says this. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules. For you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I just want to make a quick one. Most of you know that verse, right? That is a great one. It's a great picture. We, we live, you know, especially these last few days even. It's been dark at night, Right? And you say, well, you know, what's the problem with it being dark? Well, the problem with being dark is that you bump into things. You can't see. You can't see the reality of what's going on. And so uh, you just stumble and falling over and over again. He says this, from his word, he said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I just go back to the beginning where we talked about this. This is a dark, crazy world we live in. Dark, crazy world. And you say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I really need the Lord. Okay. Stumble around in the dark. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, sometimes we wonder why our life is such a mess. It's because we haven't honored the word of the Lord. We haven't listened to him. We, we, we haven't concerned ourselves with his word. And so it's like we're, we're not using the lamp. We're not using the light. We're trying to walk the path. We're trying to do things without the God who loves us so much. He's the lamp. He's the light. Verse 106. I've sworn an oath uh, and confirm it to keep your righteous rules. I'm severely afflicted. There it is again. Give, give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart uh, to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I, I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, uh, you evildoers, that I may keep your commandment, the commandments of, of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live. And let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe. And, and regard uh, 
and and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All, All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I'm afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Uh, Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for uh, the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. and The unfolding of your words gives light and it imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from, from man's oppression, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me, teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have, a, a point, you have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet, you do not, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandment are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before the dawn and cry for help. I I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord. According to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look upon my affliction, there it is again, and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause, redeem me, give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord, give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The The sum of your word is truth. 
and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. Let me talk about that for a moment. Princes, there are people that we look to that we would say are elite or they're above us and they're, they're part of the haves and we are the have-nots. Sometimes in our culture, uh, we don't have a, a monarchy, but we do have elites and we do have people that are celebrities. And, and sometimes as we're walking around in the great city of Tehachapi, we see a celebrity. Not really. But um, if you would see them, sometimes you'd go, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? And you, and you, might, you, you might call to your friend and say, you know, that's so-and-so over there. They're, they're important and I'm not. And, and you might say, can I get your autograph or can I take a picture with you? In, in this passage, especially in this chapter, it, it said it earlier, it talked about princes and how princes were the, those above and they were not so much as uh, celebrities that were like, oh, how cool are they? But they were like, to be feared, to be feared. And so the, those who are poor, those who are, don't, aren't elite or don't have the position, when they would see those people, they would be fearful of them and they would go, oh, they're a big deal. I'm not. If you look at this verse, it says, princes persecute me without cause. And they can. Many times leaders, this is what they do. They're lost in their own narcissism, lost in their own pleasure and selfishness. They go, I'm going to make rules. I'm going to bring it down on the, the, the people, the little people, either by taxes or some kind of servitude or uh, you know, holding back things from them. Princes persecute me without cause. But this is what he says, but my heart, stands in awe of your words. Oh no, the prince is here. I wonder if he, he says, no, prince isn't a big deal. Your word is a big deal. The thing that I stand in awe of, the thing that, I, that moves my heart, the thing that excites me is your word. 182, I rejoice in your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. If I did another one, that would be another one, okay? Mark that. Great peace, love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Verse uh, 66, uh, I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimony. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour Fourth, praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep, 
Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Let me make one last comment on verse 176. Remember how we started, verses 1 and 2. He says, blessed is, you know, blessed. This is the way of blessing for you. It's in, it's in God's words that we would be keepers of them, that we would listen to him. It would be in the Lord. And he ends with this in 176. He says, I have gone astray like a sheep. Often. And when I say often, regularly. Um, people will say, uh, say, oh, you came, came to Bear Valley Church? Yeah, I came to Bear Valley Church with my wife. With my wife. Why have you come? And you say, ah, my wife. She needs it. She needs it. She needs it. She needs it. And, and, and I, think, I think often, like, we think about that. Maybe you think, uh, you know, why you come? For the kids. The kids need the Lord. You know, and, and, and I know some of your kids. It's It's evident. It's evident. It's not like, I'm not confused, okay? Uh, I didn't say amen either, you know. But, but, but this is what I want you to see. The, the self-aware man, the self-aware man, the one who sees his own life clearly, he says this, I'm the problem. I'm the one. The old gospel hymn, it's not my, it's not my brother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. I'm the one who has the problem. I'm the one who's needy. And when I look at this last verse, I see a, a, a conclusion of what's going on here. And he's, he's thirsty throughout the whole psalm. He says, I need this. I, I, I need it so badly. I, I need it. And, and I'm in a mess. And I'm fearful. And, and, and I got to have it today. And God, if you don't do it, I, I'm up a creek without a paddle. I need you. Why? Because I'm the one who walks astray. I'm the one that, give me a moment and I'll be in trouble. I'm thirsty for your word. I need you. I need you. My, my thought this morning as, I, as I've gone over this passage with you is really a prayer that, that, that we would, it's a prayer for us that we would be this kind of person. We'd know our needs. We'd run to God's word, knowing that God has spoken to us, and we need that God, the God who loves us so much, the God who created us, the, the God who sees us. He, he's, plan, he's working out his plan. He sent his son, Jesus, that we might have forgiveness, guilt-free, that we might be having our guilt removed. If you want to talk about this, I, I, I want to talk about it with you. If anybody's God's working in your life and you want to... Um, pray and have me pray with you, I'd love to. Um, But this is a prayer for us, that we would be these self-aware people who know our neediness and that we would be thirsty for his word. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word and its guidance to us. I pray that it would be encouragement to us and that we would have the heart of the psalmist that is desperately needy for your word. God, that's the reality, whether we believe it or not. And God, I just ask that you would work in our lives. Make us a church that is thirsty for you. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.